This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Ready to launch a new career or not sure what to do after graduation? Rumkey is hiring for CDL driving trainees. We pay you to get your CDL license while working for us. Driver trainees receive $18 an hour, great benefits, and Rumkey will pay your CDL costs. Once you're a CDL driver, you can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in your first year. Apply today and launch a lucrative career at Rumkey. Apply now at RumkeyCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer. Restrictions apply. What is going on, y'all? This is Steven from Headlock Talk. we got some exciting news for you. Our longtime sponsor, Naturally Hemp's, has now given us a Headlock Talk promo code. Woo. Go to naturallyhemp's.com, use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your entire order. And, by the way, it does not expire. Yes, this is true, Steven. I use Naturally Hemp's gummies for sleep aid, for muscle pain, and for post-workout recovery. And might I also mention, the lotions are great on your skin and they smell fantastic. Oh yeah, it's all really good stuff, but we also have some more for you. NaturallyPureSanitizer.com for all your hand sanitizer needs. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Also, if you are a vapor and you are in need of e-liquid, AmericanVaporCompany.com. Use code HLT10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. Yes, they have a fine variety of uh, candy flavors, tobacco flavors, menthol flavors, and fruit flavors. So I'm a very big fan of that too. Oh yeah, all really good stuff. And again, code HLT10 at checkout at all of these websites gets you 10% off your order. Now on with the show. On this week's episode of the Rogue and the Ranger Gamecast, we're talking all things Far Cry 6, we're talking things about Ghost of Tsushima, and we're talking top 10 iconic game characters. Alrighty, strap in, boys and girls. This is going to be a wild ride here. <laughs> uh, I'm, of course, the Ranger, Tanner Pruitt. And as always, right across from here, the Rogue, Mr. Stephen Grudy. How's it going? Howdy, howdy. Howdy, Stephen. How's it going? It's going good. Going you, good, yeah. Doing doing some things in your roguish ways. In my roguish ways, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, we have some uh, a lot of really exciting things to talk about today. Um, Absolutely, man. I'm super stoked because I'm learning all sorts of things that that I didn't even like, weren't even on my radar until right. today. Me too. Me too. Even and, and uh, that's surprising because I, I I really like to be, uh, you know, in that in the world in the industry of gaming. And uh, there's a couple things on here that that were kind of a shock to me. 
Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, like, um, well, I mean, let's get right into the dirty of it here. Mm -hmm. The big news here as of the time of our recording of this here, uh, Far Cry 6 villain leaks here. Far Cry uh, 6 was, uh, I I guess, some rumors were swirling around, Stephen, and Mm -hmm. then I guess uh, the development company was just like, screw it, let's release some some footage here. Yeah, yeah, so uh, a posting on, uh, I forget which specific PlayStation store it was, it was some other company, Uh, it had to be translated into English, Um, but it it was listed on there, Far Cry 6 Standard Edition, uh, just said a a few things about about the game, uh, saying it takes place in a tropical paradise things like that Mm -hmm. um so uh i have a forbes article here just going to read a little bit of it uh yesterday uh this is from paul tassie on forbes.com yesterday far cry 6 leaked in the playstation store and revealed the very good news that giancarlo esposito from breaking bad better call saul and mandalorian is Mm -hmm. going to be playing the new villain in the game Ubisoft rolled wow. with the leak, releasing an official short teaser of his character, Dictator Anton Castillo, and there will be an official reveal tomorrow during an Ubisoft showcase called Ubisoft Forward. Mm. Um, so, it's really, really exciting for me, personally. Uh, I love Far Cry. Yeah, they always appear to be great games, and I remember Far Cry 5 being quite groundbreaking itself, too. Absolutely. I, I mean, the, the thing with Far Cry is... It's absolutely not for everybody. It's a very over-the-top kind of wacky story in, in a lot of ways. Um, that Far Cry 3 in particular uh, is very well known and, and kind of touted as being the reason for starting all of these like drug hallucination missions in, in mm-hmm. games uh, mm-hmm. that, that are super prevalent and pretty much... Like every AAA game at this point, uh, Far Cry Three is really attributed for like starting that. Mm. Um, so what's cool about this Far Cry Six leak, um, and, and this is rumor, but uh, a lot of people are saying based on the cover art with um, Giancarlo Esposito, his character uh, Anton Castillo, he he has his hands on a young man's shoulders, and a lot of people are saying that that young man. Could be none other than Voss, uh, the the main bad guy from Far Cry Three, mm. um, which Voss is one of the best game characters of all time. He's an insanely good villain, really believable, um, and, and honestly, probably the best part of Far Cry of any Far Cry. Really, mm-hmm. uh, he's just an insanely good character. And so, if they were to take Far Cry Six in this like Voss prequel direction mm-hmm. oh my god i would be so down okay i'd be so so down well, so for the non-far cry fans i mean tell us a little bit about this this voss character like like what what makes him such a good villain steven yeah so the the thing about voss is, is that he he's so believable right and uh you've probably heard this quote uh you know around the internet but uh it's it's what is the definition of insanity mm it's doing things over and over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Yeah. Right. Um, now I'm a, I'm sure that's a quote from somebody else, but in the gaming community, that's Voss. That that is a quote straight from Voss, mm. and what he's referring to there is, "Why do I keep killing you and you keep coming back to life?" Yeah. Basically, uh, F- Far Cry Three is uh, basically you're this you're uh, th- this young guy he who's uh, kind of like a like a trust fund baby, almost to mm. a certain degree, uh, and, and you're out to this like abandoned uh, tropical island for for a uh, for a party w- with your friends. Um, okay, 
<laughs> Not bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is so far so good. <laughs> chaos ensues. Uh, you get split from sl- split from your friends. Uh, you end up like joining in this like indigenous like cult rebellion thing. Oh. Um. That that's trying to take down the dictator who is uh, Voss and, and his boss Hoyt. Um, mm. So it, it's a it's a very great game. It's first person shooter um, that that has a lot of uh, a lot of stealth elements to it. You you can go guns blazing if you want to, mm. uh, but but it is a, a very stealth like game. Um, but Voss is really he's not the first great villain, mm-hmm. but he's probably the first great villain of like the modern era of gaming, like the, the HD super immersive style of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Voss is one of the best villains in, in that realm. So if they were to take this in the prequel direction and kind of show why Voss is as insane as he is, mm-hmm. it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and, and I've, um, like I said, you, you you being the more expert gamer than I am, I've definitely mm. been in gaming circles where they've played Far Cry Three, right? Um, and uh, from what I've seen of the game, I really like it mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I I do want to play Far Cry Five because, uh, like I said, I'm I'm getting back into gaming a lot, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I I still need to actually play the the Final Fantasy Seven remake. To right. be perfectly honest, but um, it's a long game too. It is a long game. It's a long game. But like Far Cry Five, I think I could probably get in on that. What I I mean, I, from what I'm, I can tell, it doesn't seem there there like there's. It's almost like GTA in which the story is kind of different from each iteration of it. Yes. But this seems to be uh, with Far Cry Six going back to that almost that Far Cry Three story a little bit. Right, and that's what it kind of seems like uh, with with Far Cry Five. There were some elements of the story. Um, that kind of alluded to or mentioned things that happened in Far Cry 4, and that was one of the only times that Far Cry's ever, like, gone... Like, like linked the universes? Linked the universes, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, 1 and 2 were linked, uh, but they were made by a separate company, and then Ubisoft uh, bought the IP of of Far Cry and then made Far Cry 3, which completely transformed the the series and, and... one and two are are completely different than three, four, and five. Mm. Um, but uh, I do want to just mention there is a possible leak on the release date of uh, February eighteenth, twenty twenty one. I don't know. They usually release Far Cry's uh, closer to the holiday season, so take that with a grain of salt. I don't know if that's accurate or not. Mm. Um, but uh, Either way, it will be coming out very soon, it seems. We'll know more uh, by tomorrow uh, once we watch Ubisoft Forward. Right. Uh, but if you want to catch up on Far Cry, uh, PlayStation is having a fantastic sale on Far Cry right now. Uh, Far Cry 3 is $3. Wow, just $3. One of the best Far Cries and, honestly, one of my favorite games of all time, $3. Uh, Far Cry 4 is $12. Ooh. Uh, I'm I'm assuming Far Cry Five is on sale as well, but I don't know how much. I'll have to take a look. Yeah, um, <laughs> but but man, three dollars for Far Cry Three—that is a steal. If if you ever even thought about playing the game, I highly recommend it. Okay, well I'll have to check it out then. I mean, three dollars is not a bad deal at all. I mean, yeah, um, get a great game and don't break your wallet. Everyone yeah. wins. Absolutely, man. No, absolutely. Well, and and like I said, I'm I'm getting back into gaming, and that's mm-hmm. why I appreciate your knowledge here in this uh, in this realm, Stephen. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so so here's something that um that, that I found really interesting here, and I was just kind of scrolling through headlines earlier today. Um, but uh, it seems as if uh, per USA Today, um, there was actually a um, an auction here um, uh, for a uh, Super Mario Brothers video game from the the NES era. Uh, set a record. Uh, at auction for um, one hundred fourteen thousand dollars. It's a sealed copy of Super Mario. Oh, it's a sealed copy. It's a sealed copy. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty outstanding. That's it? crazy that that even exists. No, absolutely. It's 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 nuts. Well, and and of course we're recording this on Sunday as the time of this here. You'll be listening to it on. Uh, the following Friday, so right. you'll probably already know about the Far Cry stuff, and you know maybe this is old news. I don't know, but whatever, whatever. It's happening. It's mm-hmm. it's happened. It's going on now. Um, so it's, yeah, it's it's um, uh, an unopened copy of Super Mario Bros. video game was released in 1985 for Nintendo's NES console, uh, and it's now broken the record for the most money ever paid for any video game, according to Dallas-based Heritage Auction. A bidder who, re- who wished to remain anonymous snapped up the game. Uh, for $114,000 during an auction conducted by Heritage uh, Friday uh, during its Comics and Comic Art event, uh, which continues through Sunday. Uh, the previous record was set in uh, early 2019 for an unopened copy of the same game sold for $100,150. Uh, $100, mm. um, the demand for this game was extremely high, and if uh, any lot in the sale could hit a number like that. It was going to be this one. Uh, Valerie uh, McClecky. McClecky? McClecky. I don't know. I think it's McClecky. Okay. Uh, Heritage Video Games Director said in a news release. Uh, so, again, this is uh, per Kelly uh, uh, Tico um, of USA Today. Uh, Steven, that's an outstanding number here. Absolutely. That That's a crazy number. Um, but a sealed copy. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, I, I wonder how many sealed copies there really are in circulation anymore of uh, the right. NES era. Because I mean, obviously the idea was okay. You go out and get the console. You open up the you know the game. You, yeah, you play, plug it in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. See, I I have known people in my life that when a when a game would come out, uh, they would buy two copies, mm-hmm. one to play and, and one to keep sealed. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you're a collector, I. I completely understand. That's a great way to do it. That's a lot of money. The hundred twenty dollars right. e- each time a game comes out. Right. I mean, that, um, that's when that's when buying that second copy comes in handy. Then. I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. Especially mm-hmm. when you can sell it, you know, mm-hmm. forty years later for a hundred and what was it, one hundred fourteen thousand? One hundred fourteen thousand. That's crazy. Now, that's crazy. We had spoken previous in previous weeks about how there's going to be the the, the new PS five is going to have disc and discless copies here. Now, I mean, with that being the case here, and with developments like the PlayStation Network, you're able to download the games uh, just over the internet. You're, you know, Microsoft has a similar system with its Xbox uh, consoles. I mean, is there is this going to be a like a like a very rare happening to see uh, unopened? old cartridge era games uh, kind of being going up for auction uh, because we're, we're going to this more discless uh, generation now? I mean, yeah, I, I think that's definitely going to be the case for sure. Uh, it, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting too, you know, like 20, 30 years from now, uh, if, we, if we start seeing, you know, some, some old, unse- like sealed PS3 copies of games going for, you know, ridiculous amounts of money. I mean, that'd be really cool to see as well. Um, perhaps so. I do think as soon as we 
completely get away from and completely go to discless gaming uh, where where it's just online and, and you only download your games and there's no discs for them, uh, I, I think we're going to see a huge skyrocket in those kind of collector's items mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, especially like items that uh, that you can still download, but they haven't printed the game in like 14 or 15 years, you know, something like that. Uh, I, I think we're going to see a lot of those collector's items skyrocket in price. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and and I think the other thing too to keep in mind as well with this story in particular is uh, a lot needs to be said, of course, for the the marketing and branding of the uh, uh, the actual Super Mario brand name. I, I think that that's that's a as big of part of a reason as as this uh, as any part of this here. Uh, Absolutely. Because of how iconic that game is, what Mario has meant to video games uh, going forward. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is the one that started it all, really. So, I mean... I mean, yeah, 100%. And, and, uh, you know, I like that you mentioned that because, like, I'm not sure any other game that that would really be able to go for that price, you know, because Mario is so universal. It's so universal. Everyone knows Mario. Every single person ever Mm -hmm. knows Mario, you know. Uh, Most people know Mario from from ever. I I mean... Most people that exist now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, not like like if I asked George Washington, I was yeah, like, not not like Thomas Mar- Jefferson. Yeah, I was like Super Mario. What do you think? He's like, oh, He's like I got a country to run. <laughs> <laughs> Very busy man. <laughs> but but no, I, it's just so uh, you know widespread. It, it's the price is less surprising than the fact that there is even still a, a sealed copy to me mm-hmm. personally. Man, that's that's crazy. That's like, a lot. I of money. still I still can't get over that. Yeah, no, it's a it's a, it's a lot, man. That's a lot of money. I hope that the the buyer enjoys their game. Yeah. Now well, I'm sure they won't open it, but <laughs> perhaps not. <laughs> um, well, the uh, uh, in in somewhat topical news today, as of the time of this recording here, uh, tonight is UFC 251. So if you're a mixed martial arts fan, uh, UFC 251 is tonight, and it's an amazingly stacked card. By the time you're listening to this, it'll already happened. But you should still go watch it if you haven't watched it already. Absolutely, it's a fantastic show. Um, but it, coinciding with the card here, uh, uh, EA Sports and UFC have uh, partnered to reveal EA Sports UFC 4. Mm. Uh, and, and on the cover will be uh, UFC middleweight champion Israel, uh, the last style bender Adesanya, and uh, UFC welterweight contender uh, and potential champion by the time you're listening to this. I haven't seen the show yet. But as the time of you're listening to it, I will have seen the show. So this is a weird time traveling thing time here. Traveling. <laughs> it's, it's been going on all day with us here. Um, but yeah, Jorge Gamebred Masvidal will also be featured on the cover. One of the UFC's um, fastest rising stars uh, making a comeback in his career. He, it's amazing stuff. Uh, so they will be on the cover, and it looks to actually have some really cool features. Mm. Um, so what, what EA is announcing is featuring an all-new unified progression system, overhauled takedown and ground mechanics, more fluid clinch-to-strike combinations, and a chance to experience the origins of combat sports in all-new environments as well. Uh, UFC 4 delivers the most polished mixed martial arts experience to date. So it sounds like we're getting a lot here. An overhauled control system. I'm hoping that they overhaul the submission system as well because I've always found that to be tedious because I don't, as somebody who's not a martial artist, 
I don't really know what I'm doing when I when it comes to the, like the jujitsu and the, the and the grappling parts of it. Right. I can understand striking; that makes sense to me because I've I've, I've had striking experience. But in terms of jujitsu or, or wrestling, I've got I've got I've got no experience as far as amateur wrestling or jujitsu. So I'm like, right. I get to the ground and I do the thing with the stuff. Like that's it. Okay. Yeah. No, I hear you. And sometimes that can be tricky. So hopefully that they can make more sense of that. Um, but it also sounds like they're going to have um, uh, kind of just a more fluid overall game. Hopefully, EA has done a lot to revamp that. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, yeah. Uh, I am excited for this game, and I'll tell you why. Okay. The UFC games are really the the last bastion of the really great sports games, honestly. Mm. Um, and and I, I don't mean to knock FIFA. Uh, yeah, no, don't bash my, no, my boys. No, I, I don't mean to knock FIFA, but but what I mean is uh, when, when you take into account, to a lesser degree, the FIFA games, but also uh, NBA, Madden, the WWE games, things like that, the, the yearly release games, uh, they're always a slight improvement. Uh, in WWE 2K20's case, uh, sometimes you get a straight-up broken game. Um, <laughs> and w- with this this constant like yearly release cycle you don't get very much time to create the games uh which leads to all of them kind of feeling the same not really getting a lot of Mm -hmm. upgrades not really getting a lot of new features or anything like that but with ufc all of those games they they like to take their time with them and that's what i appreciate about them is you know it's not a hundred percent the game for me necessarily but i respect it for what it is yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, so I- I'm excited to see this. I know UFC fans have been waiting for a new game for a very long time. I, I think UFC three came out in like what 2013 or 2014. It, UFC three maybe 2016. I think is. Probably. Oh really? Okay. It, it was around the time where Conor McGregor became double champ in two different okay. divisions. Gotcha. See that? That's what I'm saying. It, it feels like so much longer because we've had. Five, four or five Madden games in that time, four or five NBA games in that time. Right. You know what I mean? So well, and, and that kind of like I think this also goes to show like the parity between EA Sports and perhaps 2K developmental uh, as far as uh, as far as game is concerned. Mm-hmm. Yes, they go. They both have kind of the similar strategy when it comes to like okay, well, on one side of the fence you have Madden and FIFA. And they typically go for like very realistic designs and like, but but like the game patterns are often oftentimes very similar. So are the rosters, I mean, it's hard to change that as far as that kind of game type is concerned. Two uh, K kind of does the same thing here, but they don't really have a game like uh, UFC uh, kind of on their roster uh, that where at least not that I'm aware of where they just take their time mm-hmm. and they just like. They released every so often. I think the licensing for UFC is definitely heavily favored for for um, EA Sports in particular. For sure, yeah. And, and honestly, I mean, just just thinking about combat sports—that's something that's very hard to program. Yeah, it's very complex and, and very difficult to really nail it correctly. So them taking their time and, like you said, releasing it only every every so often, I think, is the way to go. Uh, I personally would prefer to move to that model for all sports games. Uh, I pr- I really enjoy wrestling games. I really enjoy basketball games as well. Uh, but with this whole yearly release thing, I just can't bring myself to jump back into that world because I know it's it's going to be you know the same thing as last year and, and 
like I said, in WW2K20's case, is going to be a straight-up broken game, you know? Mm. Um, so how, how do we fix sports games? Do we just do a downloadable DLC with, like, one copy and it just updates every year? I mean, that's I mean, certainly one way to do it. Because that would, that, would that would mean that the game companies themselves would probably take quite a big financial hit. Exactly. So the only problem with that is that invites... Uh, kind of a voodoo wor- word among gamers, uh, games as a service. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of gamers consider that to be very anti-consumer. If done correctly, it can be fine, but uh, they're <laughs> they're not going to sell very many copies if they move to that kind of platform. Mm. Uh, so what I recommend is like every three years, mm. every mm. four years, just right. really give those games time to actually you know coalesce into into what they're going to be mm-hmm. instead of just trying to make last year's game slightly better you know what i mean like it, all of these games should have a different feel to them they absolutely should feel different right and 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 i can understand and respect that perspective i will say as a as a sports fan myself um, a big part of why you buy the sports games is because of the roster changes that happen uh, every single year. So mm-hmm. you want to, you're if you're invested in your team, whether it be for for me, it's it's Liverpool uh, during in, in FIFA and Madden. I don't really care so much because I I'll just play with anybody. It might be the Saints, it might be the Packers, it might be whoever. Right. Um, but like you want to play with the new players, right? You don't want to play with the old roster because that just doesn't that doesn't feel correct, right? Um, there, there's there's some sort of like sense of familiarity with playing with the current and correct and new roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I completely agree. So I I think maybe making game every three years is is hard to do that. But I think maybe where you and I can agree here is I think UFC really marks a unique thing for EA. That, that it's able to produce and it is able to take its time on and mm-hmm. it's able to make sure that it makes it right. And because with UFC, there's not this whole generational thing, right? Like you, you typically will see a lot of the same stars from, you know, uh, every four or five years. Right. Um, a UFC fighter's career is, you know, relatively short in retrospect, but I mean, you, you'll still be able to play. I mean, I'm sure Conor McGregor is still going to be in this one as he was in the last two ones. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll still be able. To, I mean, obviously, you've got a lot of new characters, a lot of new uh, professional fighters in this one here, mm-hmm. which is going to make it exciting for sure. Um, and, and I think what a lot of people do like about the UFC games too is that um, uh, Fight Night. You remember Fight Night? Mm-hmm. Fight Night mm-hmm. didn't come out very, very often, but when it did, it was a big deal because sure. it was a very, it was always a very well done fighting game. Mm-hmm. And I think people enjoy that kind of nostalgia, uh, right? That 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 uh, um, uh, that kind of uh, distance makes the heart grow fonder, kind of aspect of it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I can definitely agree with that. Um, just kind of going going back a little bit. What's uh, what's stopping them from from making a game every three four years, but then having a fifteen dollar content update that updates rosters, adds players, uh, adds any teams if any uh, show up on the scene, things like that. Well, I mean, you you definitely could do that, and I'm I'm not saying that you couldn't, um, but I think that would mean a lot less money for EA's developmental team for these kind of games, right? I mean, like, yeah. Like, I'll tell you right now that the the budget for the two K team. <laughs> or or for uh for like Madden and things like that is nowhere near as much for game for games like mm-hmm. 
or yeah, for games like Anthem, for example. Right. Anthem costs astronomically more money to develop than Madden does. And right. S- and so all I'm saying is $60 for a roster update is a little bit ridiculous, in my opinion. Right. Well, and and, and I do think there's something to be said for that, for sure. Um, I, we're kind of getting that, off topic, though. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of getting in the weeds here. But, yeah. I, I mean, um, not to play devil's advocate, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, from EA's perspective, if they did that, like I said, that's substantially less income for their own developers. Uh, it's uh, that, that company, that division of the company would definitely take a hit yeah uh, on on things and um i I think that as a result of that you'd probably see a lot more of the microtransactions that you were talking about previously where it's like oh well but that's now you've got they're in there anyway they are in there if you go through the certain routes like for me if if i play fifa like how i normally would where i was like i'm just gonna play manager mode i don't care about playing online i don't want to do fifa ultimate team i don't want to do any of that if i'm just playing online um, or if I'm just playing career mode or whatever, I'm not. I'm literally buying nothing, right? And, and it it is always optional for sure. Um, now there there are those people out there who will spend buku bucks on buying the ultimate team packs and putting yeah. together their ultimate teams, and that's that alone. Yes, that's that's pretty nuts. I I would I do agree with you. I think that there should be just a yearly roster update for twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. I would be totally down for that and just updates the roster, change the color uh, the, the cover page. It says FIFA twenty one now instead of FIFA twenty, and all, see I'm, all that stuff. I but, don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, uh, I, I'm really just worried that. That FIFA and Madden will become what NBA 2K is right now, where it's a $60 yearly release. Every single game is like 99% the exact same thing. To even increase stats on your players, you need to have virtual currency. And I'm worried that that's what's going to happen with Madden and FIFA, honestly. Possible. It's possible. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Absolutely. Um, but mo- moreover for UFC, because we did get stuck in the weeds yes. there for a minute. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, so one thing that's intriguing to me is that it looks like they're having a lot of different locations here, like a lot of new settings that you can take place. Like some of the pictures I'm seeing almost look like uh, like the movie Bloodsport. If you've ever seen the movie Bloodsport, um, they, they look kind of like that. Um, it, there's also pictures of, um, of of fighters in a environment that's almost like a like backyard uh, mixed martial arts fighting, where they're like surrounded by like a nice. like a fenced cage, yeah, um, just you know fighting in the dirt. Uh, so that's <laughs> that's pretty cool too. That is cool. Um, so um, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it, it this seems like it, it's going to be a, a great game that has had a lot of time put into it. And that's going to have a lot of new features for for fans that they've been waiting for. So absolutely, I'm super excited. Um, and again, uh, per this Business Wire article and uh, writer, uh, who, who wrote this? Who wrote this piece of information? Nothing. No, just uh, per Business Wire, I guess. Uh, I'm not seeing a writer's name here. Uh, this will, this game will be available on uh, August 14th. Right on. So just in time for my birthday. Hey, there we go. <laughs> uh, so uh, on to some uh, on to some other news. Uh, just real quick, um, Amazon's upcoming MMO New World, yeah, has now been delayed. Yeah, for the second time. It it wasn't even on my radar. Me like, neither. I didn't even know Amazon was making a game. Now I knew that Amazon had had 
opened up some gaming studios, uh, but I had I actually hadn't heard of New World. Surprisingly, uh, apparently it was announced at the Video Game Awards last year um, in 2019. Um, it was originally stated for a May 2020 release, uh, then got delayed to late uh, late 2019. Uh, or late 2020, it has now been delayed again uh, to spring 2021. Um, what do you think of this, Tanner? Because Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, very new player in the world of gaming, very new player, and uh, video game development is is a very expensive kind of thing, very time consuming kind of thing. Uh, and I will say, Amazon has the resources to make a fantastic game. Well, yeah. What's going on here? Well, yeah. No, I'm... I mean, as... If I was a businessman like Jeff Bezos and I was extraordinarily brilliant and... Uh, well, brilliant's maybe the wrong word. Extraordinarily wealthy. Correct. Um, I mean, I think having a gaming, uh, I guess, uh, studio or multiple gaming studios... It is a logical direction. I mean, it's another source of revenue and everything like that. It's a good investment to make, perhaps. Sure. Um, especially if you make a killer game. And Lord knows with the amount of uh, funds that you have, uh, him being Amazon, then, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely going to be able to produce or have the potential to produce some of uh, the great games that uh, it hopes to and aspires to make. Right. Um Delaying this initial launch of a game, though, like if this is going to be like a cornerstone for for your company, or at least the very first launch, uh, first impressions are everything. A hundred percent. And delaying your game twice is is not normally the best look, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I I I wonder what's causing these delays. I I don't know if this is COVID related or if this is something where it's it's just like because of COVID and like the the extenuating circumstances that right. it's just harder to produce this game. I, I'm not quite sure. And, and it certainly could be COVID uh, for sure. We, we uh-huh. saw The Last of Us Part Two get delayed not too long ago. Uh, it was originally stated for. May, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. and then it got delayed until June. Uh, it, it's a very short delay, though, uh, and, and that was due to um, printer shortages, mm-hmm. uh, not being able to print the discs. Yeah. Uh, this is a much, much longer delay, which makes me think that uh, this has nothing to do with COVID. Yeah, this, and, this and seems like a developmental issue. It, it seems like this project is uh, kind of, uh, man... Uh, not looking good. Not looking really. Good. <laughs> like like it looks like it's in a lot of trouble. Um, and, and, and is this supposed to be like a like an RPG of, of, of a game? Like what what yeah. what is uh, the new world, Stephen? So it, it looks to be. Uh, so it is an MMO, a massive multiplayer online game, uh, very okay. similar to uh, World of Warcraft. Um, blanking on others, Black Desert. Uh, Fine, fair uh, enough. Lord of the Rings Online, so many. Like we we saw a trailer for it, and I'm not quite sure what to actually make of this game. Yeah, um, I'd love to see some gameplay. I don't know if they've uh, showed any gameplay of it, just based on the fact that it's been delayed twice uh, with this l- crazy long delay. Uh, I can't imagine the gameplay is is very, you know, up to snuff to, to necessarily show people. Um, but I would like to see some gameplay, see what it is. But basically, the what they've they've said it is it is a MMO. RPG. Uh, it's very, very akin, kind of, to, to World of Warcraft, at least from what I can see. It, it seems to be a, a game about darkness. 
and, and darkness is taking over a world and, and you as the player are, are tasked with, with defeating the darkness with, with defeating the darkness yeah, yeah. exactly I, um seems to be kind of a very kind of lackluster story in my opinion mm-hmm. um I, I i don't know i'm very confused about it um this is a paragraph that they have on the official new world website kind of explaining what it is uh carve your destiny Fate has summoned you to the shores of Eternum, the Eternal Isle. Overcome the brutal legions of the corrupted and draw battle lines with competing players in this land of danger and opportunity. In a land hell-bent on your destruction, what will you do to survive? (laughs) Strike out alone to forge your own heroic path? Or band together, fortify, and fight? Mm. Um, Yeah, pretty boilerplate stuff. Uh... I mean, uh, they're they're trying to make it sound super epic. It doesn't sound super epic to me. It sounds a little derivative, in my opinion. Um, I don't know, man. Like, this is really not a great first impression for Amazon. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and this is a, an article here written by uh, Game Informer writer Daniel Tack. Uh, this is a, a a quote here that we have uh, from the studio director Rich Lawrence. Uh, he says, in particular, we want to ensure that the most dedicated players. Uh, that that the most dedicated players have plenty of middle and end game experiences as they uh, venture through uh, Eternum, I guess is the the, the island that you're going to. Yeah, the Eternal Isle. The Eternal Island. Yeah. Uh, we want our players to feel completely immersed in the game and know that our studio stands for quality and lasting gameplay uh, you can trust. And that means added time to get things where we want them to be uh, where we want them, rather, before we re- fully release. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, it, it sounds like uh, absolutely what he's saying is we've got some developmental issues that mm-hmm. need to be sorted out here. You know, what um, What it could be, honestly, uh, you know, if, if we're to take some of the blame off of the developer, um, this could be a product of Amazon not really understanding what it takes to make a game. Well, that's right. I mean, they're very again new players here in right. the in the world of gaming. Right. And, and you know, the the publisher's uh, you know, role in, in the game is to to fund the game first off, to to market the game and, and to also, you know, have them stick to deadlines and things like that. So, if it is Amazon really not understanding the what it takes to to actually make a great game, they could have just been like, "Hey, make it and make it come out in May 2020." Well, you and, know, and then the mm-hmm. and then the team started making the game. They're like, "Hey, that's really not possible." And so Amazon was like, "Okay, here's another six months." And they were like, "Hey, that's really not possible either." And it's like, mm. "Okay, here's another six months." You know, right? Well, and and the other thing too that 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 comes to mind is, and and this is maybe what I uh, will applaud them for is is having the wherewithal to saying um, we want to make make things as good as they possibly can be with the launch of this title. Absolutely. Uh, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that uh, this may be just a mislaunch here on Amazon's part, um, just, again, being a new player, not really knowing what it takes, as, as you had put it previously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to something that, uh, I again, is new to my scope here, uh, but uh, I was very impressed with what I've seen here. And uh, I, I guess this is the, the what is it, the hyped game of the week here, mm-hmm. Stephen. The hyped game of the week. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yes. Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, Tsushima. Uh, this game looks absolutely incredible, and that's going to be available uh, probably by the time that you're listening to this episode, July 17th. Uh, so PlayStation Japan released a spiffy new trailer for the game. It's looking killer. Uh, definitely check out this trailer for Ghost of Tsushima, um, I mean, I'm, I'm getting flashbacks of, uh, oh goodness, what, what what was that game? 
uh, Dynasty Warriors, mm. kind of getting a little bit of that, yeah. but the gameplay looks more immersive. It looks more like uh, you know Red Dead meets Samurais. Yeah, yeah, it just looks amazing, Steve. Yeah, that, that's what it looks like to me. It is kind of like a Red Dead uh, Asia st- style thing, which is really mm. cool. Uh, the game is made by Sucker Punch Productions, uh, which if you guys are familiar with uh, any of Sony's first party studios, you probably know these guys from games like Infamous. Infamous Two, Infamous Second Son, uh, Infamous one of the one of the greatest series of games of all time in my like it's it's oh, wow. so so good uh, and Sucker Punch they really know what the hell they're doing so uh, I mean really cool concept for a game great art style it, it looks to be a hell yeah. of a lot of fun and it's made by a very very reputable and proven developer so i I mean there is no reason that this game shouldn't be great yeah i'm gonna definitely be earmarking this game here for for one of my next purchases absolutely 100 Mm -hmm. uh this looks fantastic uh so i'm looking forward to this and you guys should too ghost of tsushima it looks fantastic it comes out july 17th so so we are recording on on a saturday here today uh but it will be out by the time you're hearing this podcast uh july 17th on Friday, yeah. So I guess uh, perfect timing. Go ahead and you know hit that download on. Absolutely, there. no. It, it looks super, super good. Yeah, man. Um, and uh, as, as we noted at the top of this episode in the intro, uh, Steve and I just wanted to kind of let you know a little bit more about us. And so we we compiled a little list here of uh, our top ten, in our opinion, top ten. Uh, most iconic characters in video gaming, mm-hmm. um, and, and and again, this is not uh, a list that maybe everybody's going to agree with every pick, uh, but we're going to go over the list nonetheless, and and we're going to talk about why we have them on this list for sure. Uh, and you know, like like Tanner said, uh, you might not agree with all of this, uh, but that's the beauty of it. There there's so many so many great games out there with with absolutely great characters and great writing and, and great direction, character development, and all that all that kind of stuff. Um, so there's so many that you could put in your top 10. This just happens to be ours. Absolutely, Steven. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I, I feel as though it'd be absolutely necessary to kick off the list with somebody. And this is in no particular order either, by the way. Right. But we, we're going to kick off the list with somebody who I feel is like a, a super iconic character and somebody who really helped kind of established, you know, my introductory into gaming. And that's actually Cloud Strife from mm. Final Fantasy VII lore. Uh, Cloud is a, is actually a, a brilliant and complex kind of character. Uh, he's kind of just your your anti-hero kind of uh, kind of guy uh, traveling through the Final Fantasy VII and, and the wastelands of everything that's going on in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you kind of learn and grow with Cloud and kind of learn more about his story and um, I think the other thing too is that Cloud just—he just looks cool. He does, you know. As as if you're a kid and you see somebody like Cloud, you're just like, that guy's kind of cool looking. I want to play as him. I want to be like Cloud. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I the Cloud Strife absolutely deserves to be on this list. I, I mean, when when Final Fantasy VII first came out on the PlayStation Two, I, I mean. Obviously, it's Final Fantasy VII. There, there's six more like it to a degree, uh, but Seven really took the series to a whole new level and, and really started to hone in on like the fantastic, yes, the fantastic story, but also the really fantastic characters too. Mm. Uh, and, and what's great about Cloud Strife is, is it really. Uh, I, I wouldn't say he kicked this off necessarily, uh, but he, he's one of the one of the early examples of just really great writing 
in a video right. game. Well, I think he exemplified a generation of, of gamers and characters and kids that were coming of age and, and teenagers in particular who were coming of age and playing this kind of games could relate to maybe that that level of apathy and that don't care attitude and that distrust of of higher authority and this kind of thing. Right. Uh, but, I mean, he also had a massive sword. That buster blade is huge and so you're wielding this giant sword and it's like, oh man, you're, this is cool. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, I mean, obviously if you're playing the PlayStation 1 version, I mean, you, obviously you're getting the blocky looking cloud, mm-hmm. but now with Final Fantasy VII, the remake, um, you know, you actually see cloud in full form. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that's a really cool experience to have yeah, I mean, too. He, he looks better than ever. Yeah. Oh, uh, it looks, it, that, that game looks fantastic. Yeah. The, the remake. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm chomping at the bit to finally get in on it once, uh, Mrs. Headlock talk is done with the Witcher. For sure. Which is, Taking forever, it seems, but I digress. <laughs> yeah, uh, on to the next person on our top 10 iconic video game characters. This is Ellie from The Last of Us. Uh, of course, I mean, of course. S- S- Steven's been been on This Last of Us for, for a long time, and I think that uh, uh, it, it would make sense for Ellie to be on this list for you. Absolutely. Uh, so, the, the thing with Ellie is... Out of you know, I I spoke about the the believability of Voss and, and the the layers and character development of, of Cloud Strife, and, and Ellie is really the the culmination of that. Really, uh, Ellie is the most believable video game character of all time, one hundred percent. And the reasoning for that is Naughty Dog's just attention to detail, continuity, and character development. The thing about Ellie is. In the second game, she's kind of a shitty person. Mm, mm-hmm. She's kind of a shitty person. And yes, you do play as Ellie, and it's presented to you in a way that that makes you think that Ellie is the good guy. Make, makes you think that Ellie is in the right. Uh, but as you go through the story, you, you, you come to find out that Ellie is a very flawed character. She's very selfish. Mm. Um, and, and I think that's really what's so great about her is, is that like a lot of games, they just they let you be the hero, let you be the good guy, always you know helping the damsel in distress, all that. Mm. With, with Ellie, Naughty Dog kind of peels the curtain back on, on what video game characters can even represent. Right. And, and uh, really ju- just shows an, an expert masterclass of character development and writing yeah very well put man and and it's good to see the character develop between the gaming series and and kind of how they develop and why they're different from one game to the next and absolutely and and with her being a a younger lady Mm -hmm. uh you know from the start of the series and and then growing uh growing up as the series goes on i mean you do see her take on these different traits in this really kind of messed up world Mm mm-hmm you know, so yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Absolutely, I I uh, I would be remiss to not have Ellie on this mm-hmm. list. Well, let, let's go and, and move on to a very much more, um, oh, maybe not much more iconic, but obviously probably Just a much broader. I mean, kind of appeal. The, the most iconic, probably, and, and most recognizable face, probably on this list, and that's in fact Mario, of course. Of course. Um, now, I I've never been a huge Mario fan. I mean, I've never even. I mean, probably outside of Mario Kart and um, uh, what was that? What was that board game that they used to have? Mario Party. Marty Mario Party. Mm-hmm. Those are probably the two my two favorite games, along with Smash. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, where Mario appears, but even in Smash, I wasn't really playing as Mario. But there's obviously for for gamers of another generation, Mario is just super iconic. Absolutely. Um, and and the, obviously the most recognizable video game character, perhaps of all time. Yeah, I, I mean, you could definitely make that argument, and uh, you wouldn't have a lot of people arguing against you, just because like even even people who don't game ever, who who have never picked up a game, yeah, they know who Mario is, right? It, it, it's it's just so widespread, and, and uh, you know he has such a broad appeal to people. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, even if you're not a huge fan of like the the older games, uh, the the 2D side scrolling type games, I'm not a huge fan of them personally, um, but I love. Super Mario Sunshine. I, I love mm. Super Mario Odyssey. I, I love Mario Party, Mario Kart. You know, uh, if if you've been gaming for any uh, you know big amount of time, you've probably played a Mario game. Yeah, yeah, or at least something related with Mario in it. Absolutely. Now, I mean, and and by even by Mario's extension, think about how popular Mario has made other characters in video games. Right, like Bowser, yeah, Donkey Kong. He's even made things like the Goombas popular. Luigi, Luigi, Wario, like Luigi. Yeah, there's a whole universe that's created simply because of this character mm-hmm. and kind of very Toad, Toad, yeah, Princess absolutely. Peach, yeah, like so many, yeah, absolutely. Mario runs deep mm-hmm. in in gaming culture, so it's, it would be uh, difficult to not put somebody of Mario status on this list for sure, for sure. Uh, and, and for the next one, uh, this guy pretty much personifies PlayStation in, in a lot of ways. Uh, and I'm talking about Kratos from God of War. Mm. Uh, whether you're talking about the original series, one, two, three, uh, we don't talk about Ascension because it wasn't very good. Uh, <laughs> or if you're talking about the, the brand new series that has just kicked off uh, with, with the new God of War game. I mean, Kratos is on every piece of PlayStation marketing. He He is... One of the poster chi- poster children for for PlayStation, um, very very well liked, very well received, very well known in, in the in the PlayStation com- community, but also in just the gaming community in general. Right, um, and, and he's been around for so so long too. What makes Kratos so special, Stephen? Why, why why would he be considered so iconic and meaningful to to PlayStation gamers in particular? See what's interesting about Kratos is if we're if we're talking about uh, the, the in the first few games, he's a very one-dimensional character to a certain degree. Uh, it's it's a revenge story one, mm-hmm. one through three is, and Kratos is very angry the whole time. Now, obviously, he does have a very like humanizing origin story. Um, the the reason he's white is the ashes of his his wife and daughter, um, mm. who he was he was cursed to to always wear those ashes. Uh, so it, it's a very humanizing moment in there. But in God of War one, two, and three, he's just angry all the time, just always angry. Um, he definitely has a, a lot more uh, human-like emotions and things like that in the new game because mm-hmm. he has a son, he's a father now, and, and they go a little bit more into the connection between the two of them. Mm. Uh, but really, I think the reason that Kratos is so popular is because those first three games were so good. Yeah, They were so, so good. And... Yes, Kratos is a very unique character, but he but he's also in the first few games a very one dimensional character, and I think people just latched onto him because the gameplay is so much fun and mm. the story of it is so so good. And, and uh, I mean, w- without those games, we wouldn't have 
the the amazing game that is the the reboot that came out in uh 2018 i believe mm. um but, but yeah i i think it, it just comes down to the fact that the games are so good yeah yeah uh, well i'll i'll let you cue in the next one as well here because this was this one is again one that i'm not super familiar with but you've definitely given us a lot of description so far in this show about this person right so i'm, I'm going to give you the floor to to give you more time for the next person that's on this list, Stephen. Yeah, so the next person on the list is none other than Voss from Far Cry 3. Uh, one of the best video game villains of all time, 100%. Uh, and the thing that makes him so good yeah. is, is similar to what makes Ellie so good. He's just very believable. Hmm. Yes, he is angry. Yes, he is literally insane. But he's very believable in his actions, in mm-hmm. his words, uh, and, and everything like that. And there's always, while you're playing Far Cry 3, the you just like never forget about the imposing force that is Voss. You know what I mean? Uh, there, there's so many times in the game where you're like, oh man, I just nailed that section. No one can touch me. This is crazy. And then you get strung up by Voss and tossed into a, a, a pile of corpses. Like... It's nuts, and, and Voss is, is sadistic as hell, but believable, and, and I think that's the big thing here, is that he's believable, and what what's funny about Voss is he's not the main bad guy in, in Far Cry 3. Technically, Hoyt is, who is mm-hmm. Voss's boss, um, but you spend way more time with Voss, uh, mm-hmm. which I, I think is why he's attributed uh, to the game so much higher than Hoyt is. And screw Hoyt, he sucks. Like no one mm-hmm. likes no one likes Hoyt. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I just like Ellie. I would be remiss if I if I did not include Voss on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just an absolutely great character. Fantastic man. Well, s- since you took two, I'll I'll take the I'll take the next ones here because I I think that we. Uh, we have some differences on one of them, but but that's not this next one here. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, uh, I I think that uh, as far as relatively new games are concerned, uh, we have to include Arthur from Red Dead Redemption yes. Two on this list here, um, just because of just again, um, you get to experience Arthur's life. In full, it seems, or at least you get to know so much about Arthur and really get to uh, to travel with him for such an extended amount of time because of this. Is, this is, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a very long game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It takes a lot of time to play, uh, but you really get his whole life story through through the entire gameplay too, uh, which is really cool. Like everything from like uh, you know um, relationships that he's had uh, to like. Um, you know how he joined uh, the gang in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, all, all of like the side missions that you do, and you kind of grow with those side missions, whether or not you're you're taking bounties for the for the sheriff or you know w- whatever it may be. Right, mm-hmm. you're exploring a whole territory, and you're really kind of growing with Arthur throughout the whole thing. And I think the other thing that that is cool about Arthur is that they added that good evil dimension to the game too, right? Where where that impacts ultimately uh, how your game finishes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that you can make Arthur whoever you really want him to be. But but um, I really did find him to be one of the first game characters that I really kind of grew attached to in quite some time. For sure, yeah. I, I mean, Arthur is, Arthur is great, and the the thing about Arthur is that. You are Arthur, and and, yeah. you, and you really feel like you're Arthur. It, it, it's not that 
you're controlling Arthur. Like you, it, the game is so immersive in the way that the story's told and, and and the way that they present Arthur's actions and things that you really feel like you are Arthur. Well, and you clearly see so many things through Arthur's perspectives. Like you know that you don't you you don't trust certain characters and that you do trust others, right? Right. And you do kind of see. Uh, the manipulation going on in the game through Arthur's perspective, and you're like, "Damn, yeah, that does suck, right?" Yeah, and it, it's cool too because like Arthur will will say something, right, and, and kind of like give somebody the cold shoulder, and you're like, "Huh, I wonder, I wonder, you know, why why do we not like that character, right?" And then further in the story, you realize, "Oh, Arthur kind of picked up on something that I didn't about that character." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's definitely those occasions too, and I mean the full customization of Arthur and everything like that, and kind of uh, going through like the the stories, and again, I guess the unraveling relationships that he has all throughout the game too. Um, you know, it's just quite cool. So yeah, I, I I really really wanted to pick Arthur for the next on that list. Yeah, Arthur's a great choice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go to one that you weren't necessarily on board with here at first with the star list, but I think I I think I was able to to get you to come around to seeing the argument here. Now, now you are more of a PlayStation guy, absolutely. Yeah, I do get that. I've had both consoles, you as have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as far as um, uh, gaming um, from a few generations ago, um, I, I think you have to ultimately put. Master Chief from Halo on the list mm-hmm. uh, for the same reason why you would put somebody um, else on the list like 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 Cloud or some of the other people that we've mentioned previously. Uh, Master Chief kind of embodies Microsoft's launch and and, 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 and and Xbox as a whole. Like like when you think of Xbox, the first game that you automatically think of is Halo, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the the big staple of 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 buying an Xbox. That's the big reason why you would buy an Xbox is to see the next iteration of the Halo series. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and I 100% agree with putting Master Chief on this list. Mm-hmm. 100%. My problem, and, and I'm, I'm tangenting a little bit. Okay. Halo is great. The game Halo is great. Yeah. I've played all of them. I love all of them. They're all great games. Master Chief himself is overrated as a character. I'm just saying that. Now, this is the top 10 most iconic video game characters. So Master Chief absolutely belongs on here. But him as a character is vastly overrated, in my opinion. Mm. So what, in your opinion, makes him overrated, Steven? I, I mean, he's just he's just a very one-dimensional character. Like, there, there's not a lot of, like, development there, in, in my opinion. He's just like, I don't know, he's just like a company man. Woohoo. You know, well, I mean, he's a he's 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 a a part of the military, right? Like he's he's, yeah. he's 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 space force, <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but uh, I mean, with Master Chief, I I think that it's kind of the heroics that you achieve, and just the the fact, almost kind of like Arthur, you're now immersed in this world here where you are your back's kind of against the wall to some degree, right? Yeah. And, and like, there's not the huge level of. I mean, maybe comparing him to Arthur is is too grand of a scale, but like, um, you know, because there's not really that level of like decision making, perhaps. Yeah. But like, again, you're you're kind of fighting insurmountable odds in some in in a lot of cases, and you're you're fighting an alien race uh, throughout space, and it's it's pretty intense so you it so, is so through the course of what is it five six games now 
think they're making six right now. Okay. You've kind of learned to grow with Master Chief as the games have developed and come out, right? Yeah. Um, and, and he's been around for a surprisingly long amount of time, too. Yes. The fact that they keep doing a Halo game just goes to show how much Master Chief really kind of means. That's true. Yeah. Or how little IP Xbox owns. Perhaps. <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, hey... They they went on the Halo brand and it's been very very successful and, true. You, and, you, true. and you can't knock them for that. It's true. The games are great. Like I, I want to stress that the games are great. Yeah. I just don't like the character that much. Okay. That's, it is what it is though. That's, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next one on here um was one of your picks. Uh, I don't disagree with it. I 100% agree. Uh, Snake from Metal Gear. Uh, now I've only played Metal Gear Four. Which is crazy to hear for a lot of people, me being a big PlayStation guy. I don't know. Just never got into Metal Gear too much. Uh, the, the story is just way too bonkers for me. Yeah. Like, like, it's so out of left field and every single aspect of it is so out of left field that, that I can't... Me personally, I can't connect with the story or any of the characters. Mm. The gameplay is fantastic. But... Yes. It's from a story and character perspective, it, it's kind of lost on me. I would say, right? Well, I, and 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 I say like yes. I mean, the the people who love Metal Gear Solid are like diehard fans of the series, right? And it absolutely does deserve to be there. And I think that, um, and and this is kind of maybe a better example here with with Master Chief. The people who love Halo absolutely love Halo, and they you know Master Chief's the guy, right? Right. S- same with Metal Gear Solid and Snake, right? I think they are very comparable characters um, to to a degree. Um, but even the fact that you now have Snake in like Super Smash, right, like, right. It, it is pretty cool too. That just goes to show like how iconic he is. That they they wanted his character to be to have representation in Super Smash Brothers, right? Um, so so I think that's pretty cool. Um, Snake himself has been around for quite some time. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that there is kind of like that hero-anti-hero balance with Snake as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that Snake absolutely deserves to be on this list just for, you know, holding that, that PlayStation, that Sony flag for so long. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, I completely agree with you. L- like I said, this is iconic game characters, not mm-hmm. our favorite. Right. You know, so uh, I definitely, definitely agree with him being on here. Um do you want to do the next one? Or I can do the next yeah, one. Yeah, I'll I'll do the next one, okay. and then and you can finish up the list. Cool. Um, but uh, I I feel as though it's super necessary to to put this other character, this next character, in here, um, especially since we talked about Mario uh, for so much. Uh, I would say the probably the next most iconic character in the Nintendo lore in that universe there is Pikachu. Yep. Honestly, yep. Uh, all the Pokemon games that there possibly have have ever been, whether you're playing on Game Boy, Switch, whether you're talking about N64, all the way up through uh, through the Wii, mm-hmm. uh, through the Switch, through all of this stuff. DS, 3DS, like it, yeah. yeah. There have been Pokemon games because of how just amazingly popular Pikachu is, and yes, he did originate as an anime character, right? Obviously from Pokemon right. the show, uh, but. Um, I mean, look, the guy has his own movie. Yeah, Detective Pikachu. Absolutely, absolutely. Right? Like, like uh, Pikachu is just like he's always the character that everybody wants to have in their roster. For sure. Yeah, I, I mean, the Pokemon series as a whole ha- has 
done so much and has been so influential on multi-generations of children. Like, and not just children, obviously. Adults play Pokemon games too. But all the adults that play Pokemon games grew up playing Pokemon. And and that's mm-hmm. that's pretty much the case. And, and at its core, there's Pikachu. Right. I mean, I can clearly, vividly remember as a child, I got... Uh, I got Pokemon Red, uh, starting out as a kid, the, the gaming cartridge for the Game Boy, because I, I mean, I saw Charizard on there, and I was like, yeah, let's, let's see this. He looks dope. Yeah, I was like, he's my guy. Yeah. I can get behind him. Uh, but then, like, you know, you, you hear about, uh, you know, Pikachu, and, and you go and find Pikachu in the game, and then they launch uh, Pokemon Yellow, which yes. is essentially the same game. But you've got Pikachu falling around behind you yep. the whole time. And then you're like, oh, look, there he is. Like, you, he is your buddy the whole time, just like he is for Ash in the anime series. Mm-hmm. So it obviously has to be Pikachu on the list. Absolutely. Right? 100%. Yeah. Well, and it is pretty cool, too. He's got all those lightning powers. We can't, we, I mean, yeah, we can't deny. Dope. We can't deny how awesome that is. Lightning mouse. Yeah. It's dope. Yeah. Look, that's dope. Uh, that's <laughs> absolutely dope. Special shout out to Pichu and Raichu, but... Pikachu really is the the main star. Mm-hmm. Um, and to round out our list uh, again, this is this is a a character that has really stood the test of time through throughout all generations. Uh, is is very old character, uh, not old in the sense that like she is old, but it, it, she's been around for a very long time. Multiple mm-hmm. console generations, multiple iterations of the games, mm-hmm. and, and we're talking about Lara Croft from Tomb Raider. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, Laura Croft is one of those. Uh, like I said uh, before, she's just been she's been there through all of the generations. I, I mean, she she's just been at the core of gaming for so so long mm. uh, that we'd be dumb not not to put her on the on the top ten most iconic game characters. I yeah. mean, I mean whether whether you're talking about the original PlayStation One, uh, PS2. Uh, all the way up to to the modern takes by Crystal Dynamics on PS3 and PS4. I mean, she's iconic. Like there, there's yeah. no other way to say that. Well, and and correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen, because you you would know more about this than I would, and and I'm uh, maybe I'm taking a big leap here. But for me, Laura Croft is really the first iteration of a character. A, 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 with a big personality uh, that is that is female, yeah. right? It's, it's really the the first you know the first time that you you can play as as a woman in a game that I can recall at least, um, and, and and that really is a pretty cool factor, you know yeah. that, that that you're like, hey, look, you know, I think it means a lot not just the fact that it, that you're that the main character is a woman, but I think that it means that. Uh, especially to to girls, you know, uh, and, and to women, that there there is this kind of like this girl power about it, right? Like, yeah, like and, and you know, it's it's very um, empowering that that you have this strong female character in this game. My wife, who you know, she she's she's probably a bigger gamer than I am. Let, let's be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. She got she got all of the the most recent Tomb Raider games mm-hmm. and has been playing through them. Yeah, she played through them a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and like you know, she absolutely loves that series. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's cool that maybe there, there's somebody out there for for female gamers to relate to. Yeah, no, absolutely. You you completely hit the nail on the head there. And at the end of the day, whether Laura Croft's a, a guy or a woman, she is a badass, a hundred percent, absolute badass. And, and that's 
throughout all the games, you know? And, and what's really cool about Lara Croft 2 is... Maybe cool is not the right word, but mm. uh, back in the day with, with Lara Croft, uh, she was a very, very sexualized character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, it led to a lot of people, you know, kind of pointing to that and being like, hey, like, you know, it's not it's not really cool. Right. Uh, to, to have. Yes, you have a strong female character, but she she's also like you tried to make her as hot as physically possible you, you know <laughs> well um, yes there is that right but with the most recent iterations of tomb raider by crystal dynamics like she's she's just a badass yeah like she's just a badass and, and they she's not overly sexualized or anything like that she it's just a, a strong female character in a strong story as well and uh yeah so Lara Croft absolutely deserves to be on this list and mm-hmm. j- just the 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 amount of time that she's been in the industry the the multiple console generations and, and the the evolution of her character and, and what her character means uh for the industry as well yeah absolutely well and again like Pikachu multiple movie iterations have been made about Lara Croft that shows that, yep. that shows you how strong of a character uh, really and truly that she is. And, and it's a lot of fun to play as Laura Croft in the games, too. Um, so I think that, that she's the perfect character to round out our, our top ten iconic list. I think so, too. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Hit us up with your own top ten mm-hmm. iconic game character lists uh, on Twitter uh, as we post this episode on Friday. Yes, indeed. Um, Steven, do you have anything else that uh, that needs to be covered here this week? Well, we, we did have a few honorable mentions oh, yes. uh, for our mm-hmm. list. Yeah. Uh, now, the, these are, are characters that I personally never got very attached to. But, but if we're going just based on uh, overall, like recognizability mm. uh, from from gamers and non-gamers alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think we would have to list a few of these. Uh, first up is Star Fox. Yeah, Star Fox, absolutely. Yeah, Star Fox, very well known. Um, but they, they've kind of... Uh, they haven't really made a Star Fox game in a while, and the yeah. last one wasn't very good. Mm. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, next up is Samus uh, from Metroid. Yeah, uh, Samus again is, is kind of similar to Lara Croft, where it, it, she's a she's a very strong female character uh, in a time of gaming where strong female characters were not really a thing. Mm-hmm. I, uh, absolutely. And then last on the honorable mentions list is Sephiroth from uh, Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, another iconic uh, badass, kind of like the uh, the the anti cloud in a lot of ways. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, no, that's a this is a great list, Stephen. I, I think th- so too. I think we put together a very solid list. Like I said, uh, give us your lists on Twitter uh, under the uh, episode description uh, and and links there. I think you'll you'll find uh, hopefully our list to be satisfying. But we want to hear from you and know what your lists are. Absolutely. Um, but uh, before we get out of here, of course, uh, we thank you guys again for tuning in. We were having a lot of fun doing the Rogue and Ranger Gamecast. It's been something that, that Steven and I have definitely wanted to do for a very long time. We're very happy about getting the chance to do this. Uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to podcasts. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star rating review. So that way we can make it number one on the charts as yes. well as number one in your household. Yeah, and in your hearts, and in your hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we might be ripping off another podcast by saying that. Oh, really? What's going on, Anthony? How's it going? Oh, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I think he's okay with it. <laughs> he's it's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, 
Anyway, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star rating review so that way we can be number one above Anthony's podcast in your hearts. Uh, how's it going, buddy? Um, and uh, yeah, uh, make sure also for all of your CBD needs, make sure to go online, naturallyhemp.com. Use promo code HLT10 at checkout. Uh, for 10% off on all of your purchases, that offer never expires. That's that's good for uh, that's good for tinctures. That's good for sublinguals. That's good for um, gummies, uh, balms, lotions. It's good for all products on that website. So use promo code HLT10 to get 10% off on your order. And like I said, it never expires. You can also go to our other um, uh, partnered pages at uh, Naturally. Uh, PureSanitizer.com uh, for all of your hand sanitizer needs. That stuff is vitally important nowadays. You want to make sure to always have some hand sanitizer on you. It comes with an easy squeeze bottle, so it's just you know plug and play, literally plug and play, yeah. as far as that hand sanitizer goes. Um, and in addition to that, if you do vape, uh, if you are a vapor out there, uh, you can also go to AmericanVaporCompany.com and use promo code HLT10 at checkout for 10% off on your vape products got a lot of very cool flavors uh whether you're into fruit flavors candy flavors menthol flavors or just straight up tobacco flavors uh american vapor company has it covered Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so again for all those websites hlt10 is the promo code and it never expires use it for all purchases there folks 10 percent off 10 percent off good stuff um if you are uh on twitter hit us up at headlock talk Give us a follow. I'll follow you back. It's a good time. Great memory. Uh, if you enjoy wrestling, we've got Headlock Talk podcast on Monday for pro wrestling. Uh, we've also got uh, the Tanner and Steven Variety Hour on Wednesdays. So you can check out those two shows as well. Tanner and Steven Variety Hour is about news and nonsense. and all News and of, nonsense, I think, is a great uh, way of think, putting it. I think that just sums up the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, check out those shows as well. If you're in the gaming community, you want to follow some other cool stuff that you might like, definitely recommend it there. Mm-hmm. Steven, am I missing anything else? I think you got everything, man. All righty. Well, I am, of course, the Ranger, Tanner Pruitt, and as always, right across from me here, the Rogue, Mr. Steven Grudy. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys, and have yourselves a great rest of the day. We'll see you again next time. Later. Bye-bye. Whether you're kicking it in the sticks or kicking it at home, lounge in upholstery with a contemporary feel designed for relaxed living with the Brantley Gilbert Collection at Morris Home. Enter online at morrisathome.com slash win for your chance to win a guitar personally autographed by Brantley Gilbert or one of many Morris Home gift cards to upgrade your home today. That's morrisathome.com slash win for your chance to win from Morris Home. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com.